Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 170, I think. Pretty sure it's 170 of yes. Trek Live. Uh, we're joined this week by two very special guests. Uh, this is an unusual and uh, a, this is a um, prototypical episode of Trek Live. This is the first time we've had four panelists, two guests. Uh, welcome, Jen. Welcome, Caleb. Good to see you both. Um, we're going to be doing an episode fantasy draft for uh, season four episodes. We're, we're, we're doing this for a couple of different reasons. This is our fourth year of Trek Live. We hit that a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so we kind of wanted to do something a little bigger, a little uh, try to expand our horizons a little bit, get outside our comfort zone, bring a few more people in, do something a little bit more uh, big picture. And uh, this is our first attempt at stepping outside of our comfort zone. So uh, to commemorate that four-year Trek Live anniversary, we're doing season four episodes of Star Trek, uh, all all shows that have a season four. Uh, so that's TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. Uh, two-parters, three-parters come as a package deal in this, in this fantasy episode draft. Um, we decided to include uh, cliffhangers that stem from and into preceding and uh, succeeding seasons. Yeah. Uh, so things like Best of Both Worlds, Redemption, Scorpion are all eligible. Um, and we're going to go 10 rounds. There are 86 potential episodes on our draft board that we'll be putting up here. Um, and 40 will be picked. So we'll have a nice batch of undrafted to look at as well. Those are the kind of ground rules. We're going to get right into it. We're not going to do our typical rewatch recap and our typical business at the beginning of the show uh but to, to before we get going with the draft uh i do want to give a quick minute to, to jen and caleb um dan and i wanted to ask both uh to talk a little bit about your star trek fandom just for a couple minutes how long you've been into it how'd you get into it tell us your star trek origin story uh quick version and are you a sports fan do you have a fandom of that sort as well are you here to hear so Jen, you're first. You're up first on the tour, so hey. start. With <laughs> well, hi. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. Um, I I grew up on you know TOS reruns, uh, and then you know reading the TV guide one day and. Oh my goodness! There's going to be a new Star Trek series, you know, a modern version of, of, of you know TOS. Like this is going to be great, and and you know, so TNG from the beginning, and and then everything else. Then I just I've always loved it. Um, nice. I'm also I am a sports fan. Uh, I love uh, NFL football. I'm a I'm a huge Eagles fan, and I also like to play fantasy football. So this is. Pretty much awesome combining two of my perfect. favorite things to do. <laughs> we agree. Um, and just a real quick piece of backstory: Jen and I are essentially neighbors. We both live in Pennsylvania. We live like a stone's throw from each other. Yeah, we're literally like Super five cool. minutes down the road from each other. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> literally neighboring zip kids. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, Jen. Coasters. It's a long time coming. Thank we're you. thrilled to have you here. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. And Caleb, what about you? 
Uh, so I have a very similar story. I uh, grew up on TOS reruns on the, the Sci-Fi channel. Uh, I actually missed just about all of the Berman era Trek in first run. Um, so I came to uh, that era through uh, Netflix and rewatches actually when I was in college. Uh, and then uh, Discovery is actually the first show I've been able to watch uh, oh, in original run. And I think that also adds to why I enjoy that show so much. Um, I think it's it's up there with DS9. It's, it's fighting for that number one spot. Um, I'm also a sports fan. Uh, so I'm in the Baltimore area, so I'm a huge Orioles fan, uh, even though... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> it's... In a hard couple weeks. Um, it was like we, we peaked with John Means no hitter, and then that was yeah. that was a wrap. I was like, all right, that was our, our benchmark for the season. <laughs> uh, and I like football too. Uh, I'm a Ravens fan, but uh, definitely more baseball than football. Cool. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, again, welcome to you both, and thank you so much for joining us for this sort of uh, experiment on on our show. Uh, we typically, obviously, our show is called Trek Live. We typically do these things live. We're pre-recording this because of the, the variables and the potential uh, for needing to split this up into two parts. We're kind of expecting to do that. Look for part one to be the first five rounds with this intro, and part two to be uh, round six through ten. Maybe a quick look at what's left, uh, favorites of the undrafteds, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, to make them make hopefully make it a more pleasant viewing or listening experience. So, I think we should get right into it. We did uh, kind of our, our rule of thumb when we have these uh, is if we have a guest, we we instead of getting super fancy or overly random with the the draft order, we let guests go first. So we flipped the coin uh, the other night for Jen and Caleb. Jen won the coin toss, so she's going to have the number one pick. <laughs> Caleb's going to go second. Dan's going to go third. I'm going to go fourth. Uh, we do not snake, which means that at, when I, after I pick at number four, it'll go back to Jen and work its way back to me, um, as opposed to kind of going down and back up. Um, and so uh, you see a draft board on the screen. That's everything that's eligible. Hopefully, I'm like I'm like hopefully if everything goes according to plan. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, two parters are package deals. Um, three parters are also package deals. There are some three part choices on the enterprise front of uh, fourth season. Um, so very eager to see where people go. I love this as a format. Uh, it's I think it's a neat way to talk about favorite episodes in a way that's not just rattle off your favorites. There's a little bit of a competitive nature to it. Uh, you can't just pick anything you want. Sometimes that choice gets taken from you, uh, and you have to uh, maybe go a little bit deeper. So, um, if Dan, you're ready for the, let's do it. Yeah, uh, just I, yeah, I will probably be relatively a talk less, just because I'm doing a lot of the back end stuff. So, um, sure. yeah, go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> you're on the clock, Jen. All right. This is great. I mean, I think in all my years of playing fantasy football, I don't think I've ever drawn <laughs> first, first pick. So I'm very excited to take this seriously. <laughs> um, okay. So with the very first pick of our draft, I am choosing DS9's The Way of the Warrior. Nice. I, I couldn't let this one not make my team, not make my roster here. It, it's, it has everything. I mean, it's got action and, you know, it's got, it's got Klingons, it's got <laughs> changelings, it's got the Defiant, it's, it's got intrigue, it's got everything. And I 
adore it, and it has to be on my roster. So that's number yeah. one. Very cool. I, th- I, th- I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who doesn't love it. And uh, anybody have anything to add to the way of the warrior? It's a great pick. Uh, I just hit that on my rewatch, so um, I could definitely understand um, uh, picking that first for the for, for your first pick. I uh, it's got everything. It's a perfect pick. I, I agree too. Um, I'm actually coming up to that spot in my rewatch soon as well, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, definitely would have been an early rounder for me as well. With that being said, you're up, Caleb, uh, with your first round choice, pick number two. All right. Uh, (laughs) I'm on the the fence between two picks, but I think I'm going to go with Voyager, Year of Hell. Wow. Awesome. Okay. I I had a a hard time with with Voyager on my first watch the first couple of seasons, and Year of Hell was the first episode where I was just really – blown away start to finish uh, so there's a strong personal connection to that one and uh, I think it's one of my favorite Voyager episodes overall uh, so it's great to see that uh, be one of the ones we can pick tonight so awesome yeah I, I love your pal I kind of oh, I think of that and deadlock for me as the two episodes that I kind of like consciously felt like I felt like I were like major milestones in my first experience as a kid with Voyager feeling like I fell in love. I think there's something about like seeing the characters in such distress. <laughs> makes oh you yeah. How I mean, Anorak, Kurtwood Smith. I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of Kurtwood Smith and I think that was great to see him in a really uh, unique role. I mean, this felt like a movie, you know, this could have easily been um, on the big screen, I think out of all the, the Voyager episodes. So. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree. Classic villain, <laughs> like you said. Um, great action. It, it, it's it's always interesting to see the the psychology of our characters when they get put into these extreme situations like this. So even though if even if you know like Tuvok's not going to stay blind, there's going to you know there there's some yeah. way they're going to be able to reset this and, and fix everything. But but just seeing how they would react yeah. in situations, yeah. even if they get reset, I don't care. You know, you, we still got to, they might not know that this happened, but we know. You know. We, yeah. And and yeah, so great pick. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. Uh, And I love the fact that, uh, in my mind, maybe it's me, and I won't say anymore. I'll I'll talk about it when I get up. I'll I'll allude to. Well, you are up. (laughs) I am. No, you're up. You're up. Oh, I'm up. Okay. You're up. I sorry. I got that order mixed up. I was I was about to predict what you were gonna pick. Um. So for my. Uh, third. Are you gonna snag what you thought he was gonna pick? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Cause now I, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with what he was gonna pick. So I'm gonna go with the best of both worlds, part one and two. He knows me awesome. so well. Um, it's uh, Caleb talked about uh, Year of Hell being a movie. I think best of both worlds um, is kind of down that same kind of avenue. Very cinematic. It's very big. Um, and it's got everything. It gives the cat, like the whole cast, everything. You know, everyone's got something to do in it. And uh, yeah, and I know Bill wanted it, so I'm gonna pick it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's right. That's that's what I was about to say. That I was surprised. Like I, I think it's awesome that the way the Warrior and Year of Hell went one and two. Um, I, I would have taken 
best of both worlds if I was in your spot, Jen, picking number one. Um, and of course, Dan, you know, kept it out of my hands. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of like you said, Caleb, and this happens, I feel like, all the way through it. I'm torn. I'm looking at two. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna, I was talking about it last night on Twitter uh, from when we we're recording this. I'm going to go with Scorpion, um, also from Voyager. Uh, it had an anniversary if, if, recently, too. Yeah, 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 just yesterday, part one. Uh, premiered uh, in 97 um, on May 21st. And that's uh, one of the things I, I, I mentioned was I remember that night like it was yesterday as a kid. I was 10 and uh, there, there are moments in that first part especially that I'll just never forget sitting on my couch literally with my jaw on the ground I think. Um, the Species 8472 stuff, things in the score, the big bombastic uh percussive uh i can hear it in my head right now uh the the, the board cubes uh yeah. chasing voyager down and a472 bursting through the board cube uh hull to you know, not carry him down and give him a real problem uh th- those kinds of moments are just seared into my head and it's it's some of my favorite star trek stuff and definitely among my favorite star trek memories uh experiencing that for the first time so scorpion yeah. Just, I, I just always have the image of Janeway on that catwalk. Oh, um, yeah. She, you know, that's that just steered into my brain as just such a moment for her as a captain. And it's just, and the whole thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, Scorpion. I would have been surprised if one of us didn't pick Scorpion in the first round. It's a great yeah. pick. Yeah. And I think I've heard that Scorpion tale, that, that, that uh, fable or whatever, whatever it is. Um, whatever the official like, <laughs> yeah, label for that. It's a little bit of a cliche. <laughs> it's a little bit of a cliche, and that's the thing. Like That was definitely my first experience with it, though, so now when oh, I come across gotcha. like an old movie that they use that, or like an old episode of another TV show that they use it, uh, it immediately, it's Takes like, oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Scorpion, <laughs> yeah. at least for me, as a 10-year-old kid, one of the benefits right. of discovering it as a 10-year-old kid is when I watched it, it wasn't cliche for me. It was like, wow, that's like awesome. Chakotay's deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm all in on sport for sure. I'm and that I just I just also have to mention the cold open. Oh yeah. That uh-huh. it's literally like less than 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's st- it's one of the best. I call it the, the baby shoes of, of cold <laughs> opens. <you know? laughs> just this short little thing that has so much punch. Yeah. It's like what just did that to the board? <laughs> I have to know. I have to know now. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Any thoughts on Scorpion, Caleb? Oh, I, I had a feeling uh, both this and uh, Best of Both Worlds would go in the first round. Uh, it was it was tough to decide between this one and your hell for sure. I, I had a feeling a Voyager pick would be my first pick. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great one. I mean, Species 8472 is, is really, really cool. I'm actually excited to rewatch uh, some. <laughs> I have a feeling either this or your hell is going to get some of the HD uh, upgrades uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in our documentary. Um, I think they're definitely two candidates we could see some footage for, so it'd be really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's a good I point. I hope so. Yeah, that's a good point. Both of them have <laughs> moments that definitely would benefit, for yeah. sure. Okay, uh, let's get into round two. Back to uh, Jen. Back to Jen. All right. Yeah. All right, so I am... All right. I'm just going to keep rolling uh, with Deep Space Nine Season 4 and just roll right into The Visitor. Oh, great pick. 
<laughs> you know, you can't, you can't I, I, this is an episode that still makes me cry. You know, I, I like to watch it around Father's Day. And, ooh, I'm about to do for my rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. And it makes me cry. And it, it's just it's just a wonderful piece of, of not just Star Trek, but of television. I think anybody could watch The Visitor and, and get it, even if they don't have a familiarity with with these characters and it's just it's just you know it's just a self-contained masterpiece of television awesome (laughs) so that's it that's my pick yeah totally agree i think i think the accessibility factor is a big deal i think anybody who you know has a has a strong relationship with a father or a father figure Mm -hmm. can find you know, uh, an emotional component to latch onto with with the visitor, um, or doesn't even, or even know, doesn't, can, yeah, yeah, because that, that's for me. That's like a thing that I like to see about it, you know, because I, I don't have that, and it's just, it's mm. just really, it, 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 to me, that makes it even more powerful. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That speaks to the, so. the 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 power of it for sure, yeah. and I think I, you know that last little beat with Avery Brooks on the floor of engineering holding Jake is like to me that I don't know that Avery Brooks has a better moment in the series. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so, so genuine so and good. knowing a little bit about how close Avery Brooks and Sarah Lofton were and are right. it, it's just so genuine and so real and uh, I think uh, it's it's an all-time classic. That's the other one that I was toying with with, with Scorpion for sure. It was staring me in the face. Uh, and this is another one too that we don't know. Uh, Cisco remembers this, but Jake doesn't know what happened. No. Mm-hmm. You know, but right. Cisco does, and and we do. We know. We know. Yeah. Who Jake is from this, and the, and it's going forward. It's just it's even makes his scenes even more powerful yeah. too you know which I, I like that i like when we know things that the characters don't i guess in <laughs> part of the, the year of hell you know but it's um, it, it's not I, a true reset though it's it's um the, yeah. the, cisco, the character yeah cisco still true, remembers and i think that that yeah. adds an element of that just makes it better that it's not a true right. reset like year of hell is mm-hmm. Right. But uh, Jen, I think you just touched on what <laughs> is like the dividing line for people with the reset button. Like if, if you are down yeah. with being satisfied with, I know, I saw yeah. what the characters went through and I took something away from like knowing where they could go under a different set of circumstances. Right. Yeah. Then there's satisfaction there. But some people That's do true. I can struggle see. with that. Yeah, um, I can see some people not digging that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the visitor did find like a really innovative way to save themselves from that potential hurdle by giving Cisco, like, I think just they they don't come right out and say, I don't think that Cisco, like, clearly remembers it, but it's all over Avery Brooks' performance when he's sitting there with Jake in engineering, like, he knows exactly what just happened and what he just lived through and uh, I think that definitely adds to the power of it, too (laughs) Any thoughts on The Visitor, Caleb? Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of Tony Todd. If, uh, oh, also yeah. He's the man. Fan. So uh, Tony Todd had a pretty uh, great role as one of the villains, I think, in one of the later seasons. And then uh, I ended up watching DS9 after I'd watched 24. So when I saw Tony Todd in this, you know, complete 180, totally different character. <laughs> yeah. But he's not to, not to the part. Yeah, uh, he's, not, he's not the candy man here. Yeah. <laughs> candy man, too. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely against type for him, but he, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <clears throat> All right, what do you got for round two, Caleb? All right, round two. I think I'm going to go with the Vulcan trilogy, The Forge, <sighs> Awakening, and Kershara. Okay. <laughs> Good snag. <laughs> yeah, 
I, this one, um, actually, this is the one I was uh, trying to decide between for first round uh, with uh, that in Year of Hell. But uh, so, like I said, uh, another another reason I really like this one uh, is because it's changed meaning of how I view uh, Discovery, actually. So I didn't really like the first season of Discovery all that much on the first watch. Um, and then I did my first Enterprise watch got through all of this and this entire Vulcan arc and then um, re-watching the first season of Discovery and when you get to Lethe, just like kind of seeing those connections between like all the uh, political turmoil within, uh, you know, Vulcan society at the time. It's cool to see that like extension even, you know, a hundred years later or whatever. Um, so for that, for that reason, I, I love this trilogy. I, I think um, Scott Bakula does a really great job. I love the whole mind melt thing. Um, and uh, taking on, um, oh, why am I blanking on the name? Sirak. Sirak, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I just enjoy this one a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've long been a proponent for <laughs> the, uh, the 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 sleeper, low key uh, boost that I think the end of Enterprise actually gives the beginning beginning of Discovery. I think they actually like roll into each other fairly well. I think if you watch Demons and Terra Prime and listen to John Paxton's rhetoric and then go into the Vulcan Hello and Battle of Binary Stars and listen to the Kuvmas, they are almost identical. It's very similar. Like, yeah. I, I, just, I like the, 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 the symmetry of the, the handoff kind of there. And then, yes, I think there are little hints of that Vulcan turmoil and, you know, descent in the Vulcan ranks in episodes like Levy. Um, that kind of pay off things that Enterprise set up, and I loved that they that they did that. That there are things that make Enterprise even feel more important and big. And um, so I totally agree. And of course, can't go without saying that uh, a good friend of all of ours, Jim Morehouse of Trek Rank, is <laughs> a, a proud guest star in, in oh, yeah. uh, one of these three episodes. <laughs> yeah, can't um, beat that. <laughs> yeah, no. That adds to its notoriety for sure. And if, um, if if we're talking just pure hours of Trek, Caleb's up because he just snagged three episodes, <laughs> you know, or three hours. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and just the fact that we get to you know see T'Pau again you after uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. characters from the original series, and yeah, I think that was yeah. also a strong strong point. In, yeah. yeah, I just I just love what what Enterprise did with the Vulcans. Um, you know, it just gives them just more depth too. That, that it is a struggle, and 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 the character of T'Pol and the arc that she went through, and and it, the struggle that T'Pol had, it, I, I think just I think the, the it, it obviously makes the Vulcans less one dimensional, um, but it, it it but it also like you said it does. It, it it gives you things to build on to the future. Like it makes sense, the discover you know like you, the the Vulcan extremist and discovery. <laughs> like it, <laughs> like it's an obvious you know th- this makes sense yeah. now. <laughs> um, and and unfortunately, yeah, and unfortunately, that kind of extremism, like you said, you know, Takuma and everything, it's just always relevant. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. always. Um, but yeah, at, at the Vulcan trilogy, ah, I love it. Great pick. Yeah, it definitely feels like maybe the the peak of Enterprise in terms of like taking advantage of its premise. I feel like it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah capitalizing on the prequel idea and yeah. on expanding the universe in that sort of retro 
retroactive way. I, I love the way that they. I think. I think it was Braga at one point talked about, or and, you know, I think it was the Reeve Stevens who were added to the writing staff of novelists uh, for the fourth season. Talked about they loved. The, the, the evolution of the Vulcans because it kind of mirrors what the Klingons do later on. Like we had the the benefit of seeing the Klingons kind of evolve from, you know, pure villains and TOS and into a more complicated, sometimes ally, definite ally yeah. through the Dominion War and such in the 24th century. And the Vulcans kind of have that same journey. There's a more antagonistic opening to that relationship and it evolves over time. Um, and I couldn't agree more with that. I think it, I think the lazy way out would have been to have, you know, every Vulcan you run into in the 22nd century be like a Spock clone. I think that would have been a, that, that would not have been uh, realistic at all in my mind. Right. I, I love that there were, that there were harsh feelings and things to, to overcome in that relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, real quick, I'll just say my, like my sort of thesis for defending Enterprise, like my favorite thing about Enterprise is sort of the, like the, the, the sort of, uh, Vulcan and humanity coming together and building this relationship being the macro version of Archer and Paul building this relationship and their trust and loyalty to each other. And I think these three episodes really put that on display, the, mm-hmm. the connection that those two characters have, the way they kind of speak each other's language and know what each other is going to do. And they, they that that evolution has really paid off over the first three seasons by this point. And we get to really see that in action. Um, and for an extended period of time, the, the three-episode idea really... Uh, putting them together for the the bulk of those three hours uh, gets to drive home their relationship, which is a major selling point for the show for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Cool. Cool. You're up, Dan. Round two. Uh, So for my second round pick, I'm going to go with another TNG pick. I'm going to go with the drumhead. Um, when I hit this in my rewatch, it, it really kind of came out of left field. Um, I I just remember being blown away really early on, and and I know people kind of always just when they think of this episode, they think of um, Picard's you know soapbox speech at the end. Um, but uh, what another thing that I really love about this episode is um, it's kind of TOS in that there's a trial on the ship um, that kind of puts the captain or one of our main characters um, on the hot seat, so to speak, and let them deliver this great kind of speech and let them take over. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I mean... It's it's definitely relevant today, um, yeah, uh, for sure. So, um, all that being said, that's why I picked it. It's just one of those ones that in my past rewatches. It always, whenever I hit it, it just oh yeah, it was, it was a solid episode. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> love the drumhead. I think it's really skillfully directed by Jonathan Frakes. Uh, you know, courtroom dramas have a there's a, there's always a risk factor to kind of just being talking heads and. Uh, you know, not being very dynamic, and I think he does some really interesting things in that. Oh yeah, sort of courtroom set that they you know, reused for. Uh, yeah, it's a classic TNG. Uh, <laughs> yeah, recycling uh, you know, sets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. repurposing standing yeah. sets, um, but really, really well done and really you know excellent use of existing resources. You can tell it. You know, it's a money saving episode. It's a bottle show, um, mm-hmm. but it it never feels boring, and it's it's quite the opposite it, it's you know uh, timeless and 
endlessly relevant. Oh yeah, incredible performances. You know, top to bottom, it's, it's a great one. Yeah, yeah, it, timeless is the right word for it. Uh, Admiral, Admiral Seti, is that Seti, her? Yeah. Seti? I mean, what a timeless villain oh, she yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, she, she's. I mean, she's got to be one of my favorite one-off villains. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But but she's oh, that kind of. That kind of danger is always relevant. Un- yeah. Again, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about that guy. You know, <laughs> really well, and and she's the perfect example. I mean, she's the uh, oh, it's it's painful to watch. You know, at times, like it's it's yeah. it's it's stressful and it, and it's really uncomfortable. And it's because she she does, you know, she's a does a great job with that in Picard and and every like you said, acted top to bottom, acted so well. And oh, yeah. I didn't know it was, it, you said that. Was uh, Jonathan Frakes? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> um, yeah, it was well directed. It was a uh, great pick. Yeah. Off Caleb. So uh, I'm actually in the middle of a TNG rewatch right now. It's my first uh, time seeing a lot of these episodes. Yeah. And I want to say eight years. Okay. So that was it was at the start of college. So actually, <laughs> uh, Night Terrors is my next episode. So I haven't got oh, to the drum. Okay. So I, I get ready. Yeah. There aren't a lot of people's yeah. lists for TNG. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I just got to get through Night Terrors first. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sign of good like, things to come. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last yeah. several episodes I remember are pretty uh, solid uh, in that, that season four. Yeah. Yeah, the drumhead's definitely a highlight. I, I think you know Picard gives that speech in the courtroom at the end that gets a lot of gets a lot of play. But I think his his last lines to work at the end of the episode about you know, the most dangerous of villains don't tend to twirl their mustaches. It is so so good. Yeah, true. I think about that all the time. Like I, I see it. I yeah. think about people that job and things like that. <laughs> like because like, you don't look like a villain doesn't mean you're not a villain. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so that I think is a unanimous good pick. Um, all these are good picks. Yeah. <laughs> You're no wrong. It's Star, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, Not hurting for picks until around you know eight or nine. No, <laughs> that, that's definitely the thing with this. Like, you get to a point where it gets really interesting because you're you're kind of yeah. through the the heavyweight classics, and it's more into like your mileage may vary kinds of episodes. And I think that's where your taste really gets revealed. Um, so I am gonna go with um, oh man uh, I'm gonna go with uh, another Voyager for me I'm gonna go with Living Witness which is one of my kind of all time favorites uh, I, I love the the exploration of how history is consumed and uh, you know um, can can sometimes be misconstrued and twisted and. Uh, unreliable uh, and I, I love the sort of it's a mirror universe episode but not really the, the the sort of innovativeness of kind of capitalizing on that whole idea giving those actors things to play they're totally different without maybe taking the easy way out and just kind of doing oh, a mirror universe story uh, I, I like seeing uh, those actors get stretched that way and it's uh, there's some stressful things in that some of the some of the, uh, the I think of that scene with Janeway in the simulation executing those leaders and just being like it really another one that as a kid I, a lot of these episodes I remember the first time watching very young and just really being like, whoa uh, heavy stuff 
And, you know, Voyager sometimes I think kind of gets a, a bum rap for being, you know, um, full of, you know, action sequences and, you know, ship battles and end of episodes and, you know, teching their way out of issues. TNG would take a lot of the same criticisms from some folks out there. But episodes like Living Witness are, are a great counterbalance to kind of, you know, highlight against that kind of uh, you know, generalization for, for, for Voyager. I mean, Living Witness is a more... Uh, you know, rich, deep episode that uh, doesn't lean into action at all. It's it's best qualities are, you know, in its in its concept and in its uh, you know, meaty things to think about. Yeah. So it's it's always been one of my favorites and gets better every time I go back to it. Bill, I was hoping that it would slide to the next round because this was gonna be my next pick. Ah, oh, man, it's so good. I just it's I love this because it's this is how the doctor sees the crew and he writes uh the history or he straightens out the history um the way it should be and uh i know that it gets how he sees the crew kind of gets um there's a different t- take later in the later seasons but uh this is for me i think how the doctor sees the uh how he sees the crew so mm. yeah it's yeah. Definitely the better of the the two. Um, how does the Doctor view the crew episode? <laughs> it's oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, I just think I it's it's cool that you know uh, this is sometime what in the three thousands, and so I mean I know it's the perspective I guess from uh, you know the, the Delta Quadrant, but uh, now that we're past that point and we know there's been a whole temporal war and everything, you know, in that time realm, it's. It'll be interesting to see if uh, I'm interested in like some of the prodigy stuff too, because I feel like hmm. uh, there there are a lot of ways to kind of reference these. Maybe we'll we'll see one of these uh, civilizations in an earlier earlier time than when you know uh, the Doctor saw them. So yeah, well, it's a good episode. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Maybe we'll see that version of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> It's taken that long to get over back to the Alpha Quadrant, and it could happen. <laughs> could happen. Maybe he's in a shuttle somewhere. Subroutine, you know, he didn't turn yeah. off his aging subroutine or whatever, and that explains why you know, <laughs> he's, Bob, you know, Bob Picardo's uh, <laughs> age. And he could do it. It could happen. <laughs> Star Trek, you can do anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into round three. Round three. All right. Um, okay. I am for round three. Okay. I really want this one. Okay. I'm going back to Enterprise and taking Demons and Terra Prime, which I just adore. Um, it, again, it has everything. I, it, that's another it, the. Um, you know the earth, the the Earth First people, <laughs> you know the Terra Prime people. Uh, I I just think again I just think that's a that's a really relevant villain who's yeah. unfortunately still relevant now. I, I like the way they, I, I like the the way they extrapol- extrapolated that um, to to fit a galaxy and I think it's I think it's really well done. It's another it's another one of those that just has everything. You know it's got action. It's got heart. It's got horrible sadness um you know it's another one that i I will always cry yeah heartbreak i'll always cry when you know flocks tells them 
you know, the, what's going to happen and, and just them as a family, as a little family. Oh gosh. It's, it's, I love it. It's got everything. It's a perfect season finale. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely love it. I, I, I think it wraps enterprise up really well. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the hopeful, bittersweet uh, you know very bitter uh, heavy on the bitter on that bittersweet uh, last scene with Trippin's ball has that little tinge of hope for you know what's possible with you know not just their relationship uh, and what they can do but what humanity and Vulcans can do um, and uh, Archer's uh, you know speech about what Star Trek's all about to kind of top off the show yeah, yeah. that era of Star Trek is uh, a, a showstopper for me too and yeah, I mean, there are things, especially over these last few years, there are like speeches and lines and that that I'm, I just watched and go, oh my God, like, this is like, it's so awful and it's so true. And and this was before all of some of these things were even more prominent uh, as they are now. Uh, some of these ideologies and thoughts and things. Yeah. yeah. So great choice. I love those two episodes. I agree. Um, I think. Uh... For me, it's it's the like final showdown with with Paxton that uh, is just so intense. Um, it definitely so again, me being a twenty four fan, you know, Manny Cotto was you know part of the twenty four mm-hmm. you know producing crew at, at some point too. So you know the the kind of pacing you get in this episode, um, it just yeah, it's it's intense, and uh, they almost didn't make it, you know. And it's just like how 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 close were they to? Uh, not being able to follow through it um scary for sure and uh i love peter weller and and i think yeah, uh, Bill, we've talked about this but peter weller has the the shortest uh number of episodes i think before being asked back on to star trek yeah, totally agree. Any yeah. thoughts, Dan? One, there's two. I know you're a fan. Uh, yeah, big fan. Um, it makes a great uh, series finale for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I feel like it's an underrated kind of storyline, and I'm not sure why. And maybe it's just underrated in my head and it's not talked about, but uh, yeah, I think it's solid. Yeah, I think it pays off things that are <laughs> enterprise wide from start to finish but i think it also tops a lot of the arcs that were kind of kick-started in the fourth season it's a yeah. satisfying end of the season and the show like it operates on a whole lot of levels and yeah even i think it, it's a more effective ending for the 87 to 2005 sort of star trek run than yep. it's uh so <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and there's also so much potential for a season five there too, yeah oh my gosh which yeah. just drives me crazy uh, they were in such a stride, Don't get and there's so many different places they could have gone with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's endlessly heartbreaking. Every time I hit season yeah. four, it's like this painful experience. Yeah. It like rips open all those old wounds and yeah. kind of knowing the potential that is not to be. Uh, but glad you got it. It's a great one. Um, what do you got, Dan, for your uh, round three? Uh, for my round three pick, I am going to go with... Wait, Ka- Caleb? Oh yeah, Caleb is. Uh, 
I can, we can, we can, oh. I traded with, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, kills us. Yeah. <laughs> I got all the dogs. Um, <laughs> dogs. So, um, all right, I'm up. Uh, next one's safe, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, I am going to hop over to TNG. I need to draft myself a Klingon episode. I'm going with Reunion. I uh, I remember on my very first watch of, of TNG just completely loving uh, Susie Plaxon and uh, Kalar's uh, her performance as, as Kalar and uh, you know, it, what is, she's only in two or three episodes as Kalar. Like we, we meet her once and then we yeah. get this and um, you know you go through halfway through this episode and it's just like this intense little uh spat between you know Worf and, and his brother and it's just like complete 180 halfway through the episode um i every time i watch it it uh get i get blindsided and um yeah it's it, it ends really strong and so i i love this one and it, uh, it's pretty high up on my list in, in klingon episodes yeah i think it's an all-timer ending too i love that <sighs> that last couple moments with Worf. uh Riker bursting in trying to get him to stop and no, he's not going to stop. Um, <laughs> I just, I love that. I think that those last few moments and that the, the scene with Kalar at the end uh, as well, that their last kind of moment together is heartbreaker and uh, kind of an all-time Michael Dorn moment. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So, love it. Great choice. Yeah. And I- Thoughts, Jen? Or, uh, yeah. Susie Plaxton. She's incredible at any time she shows up. Love her. She's my she's my highlight of that episode. She's my highlight yeah. of any to any episode she's in. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. When we get to meet Alexander for the first time, which uh, yeah. yeah. Which is it's kind of weird <laughs> seeing him again, you know, later in DS9 and he's yeah. growing up and whatnot, but <laughs> Um, like, what, what, how much time has actually passed here? Because it's not that many years. Um, Classic TV trope. Nope. He's adorable here, though. When they, when they yeah. put the little forehead on the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> what do you think, Dan? I just think that... Uh, some of the Klingon stuff and the, some of the stuff with Worf can get uh, kind of be one or two dimensional and it's nice to see to add some layers to his kind of character and, and kind of give that character maybe a little bit different direction um, and again heartbreaker at the end so yeah it's it's a good good pick good episode I think it's kind of a very maybe not the first I think coming of age and conspiracy might be the first indicator that TNG is going to play a little bit with serialization but uh, reunions definitely uh, you know in, in the, the, the version of TNG that it kind of becomes the, the first time that they kind of lay down the gauntlet that you know things that they did in previous episodes might rear their head around again yeah. things in Sins of the Father are paying off a season later and you know Kalar is coming back and uh, you know outside of Q they didn't in Black Sign of Troy like they would do that here and there but those episodes tend to be very episodic and uh, these, you know, bring Kalar back and the Klingon wharf discommendation stuff is all connected very heavily to things that happened before. So, mm-hmm. uh, some early examples of Trek kind of, um, yeah, being willing, being willing to play that game, which I think has become such an important mm-hmm. piece of its you know, arsenal. 
We got Dan. For my Here. round three, whoops, round three pick, I'm gonna go with a Deep Space Nine episode or episodes. Uh, Homefront and Paradise Lost. That was my next pick. It was staring me right in the face. I just hit it in my rewatch. It, it... If we're talking schemes and type of episodes that I've already picked, it really goes well with the drumhead because I think that's a kind of a similar episode. Um, uh, what can I say about this that hasn't been said? It's um, it's it's just so good. It it really does everything very well. It gives the cast um, something to do. It it does what Deep Space Nine kind of does well. It it it's. Um, plays on Cisco's backstory and going back to um, his kind of his roots and things like that but him having to really be thrown in the frying pan and and make a um, make some really tough and hard command decisions and also it plays with paranoia that has been kind of building and building and building throughout the whole this first half of the season with uh, the changeling threat it just it plays so well off of what they've done before and the serialization this is really ahead of its time the social commentary is there as well but really ahead of its time of with um again what deep space nine does the best is playing off what they've kind of done before so uh could not leave it off the board love it i just watched it myself yeah <laughs> Yep, I was gonna go there next. I <laughs> yeah. totally agree with everything you said. I love it. When you watch this episode, I mean, y- you would think, man, this is a really heavy hand at 9-11 yeah. metaphor they're yeah. playing with here. And then you're like, oh wait, this was this came out in 1995. Before that, know? yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's another example of D Space Nine just being so prescient and in, in in their themes and the you know and all their themes of what what they tried to accomplish and what they did accomplish and and i love when they go to earth i i will you know it, yeah. and it's done to, to such great effect here yeah. you know we get to see how the how you know how starfleet's reacting to this threat also how the civilians are reacting the, to this threat i think cisco's father is 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 very interesting here and, and just yeah. not wanting to you know give up his his liberties and you know mm-hmm. and and not you know, maybe processing the threat in the same way that someone with Cisco's Starfleet training is processing it. And then, of course, the internal threat. And and it's just, oh, my goodness. And then it is it is scary. The Changeling is a very... Yeah. That's a very scary villain. Literally anybody you see can be a changeling that's you know um where do you go with that and and it's just it's just endlessly fascinating i i could watch it over and over again it's such a great such a great pick it really is i i, I agree there's so, there's a bunch of really good moments in it having just rewatched it, it it's fresh yeah. in front of my mind uh, the, there's that great moment uh when cisco wants his dad tested and uh he cuts himself and his dad gets like indignant you thought i was one of them you actually you're expecting that blood to change (laughs) yeah is that that blood turning into goo i love that i love that a lot and i I love the reveal of all this chaos caused by three changelings on the whole planet i think that's like a chilling really creepy uh idea and, uh, yeah it's a great one I, I just like i said just having watched it it's really front of mind and it's it's an all-timer yeah for sure for sure what do you think caleb yeah i it's coming up soon in, in my rewatch i it was one i thought about um yeah. i i think just the whole <laughs> how intense the whole like uh, the blood testing and all all that yeah. yes yeah. and carries through for the next you know 
several episodes. I mean, there's yeah. you, you keep coming back to that. Like that's now your surefire way to test, and yeah. here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and and I I just finished watching um, Die's Cast and Improbable Cause, so you know Oof. just probably what ten episodes prior, you know, yeah. for fifteen episodes prior, you've got. Uh, this Romulan that's actually a changeling that's you know hiding out on board and it's oh nope they're gonna stick with that there's gonna be more of that and it's not <laughs> <gonna> be- <laughs> um, so right that it was a it was a cool callback there that I enjoyed seeing yeah yeah couldn't agree more um, I probably would have picked it Dan if uh, yes. <laughs> yes. you didn't just do that um, I I'm gonna go with a TNG um one of my favorites is family um yeah i feel weird taking it without best of both worlds yeah, that seems... um but i'm i'm gonna do it i i, I think it works on it because it's alone. not it can stand alone and it's it, it works obviously really well on the heels of uh the best of both worlds but i'll be honest i i always come away with it whenever i watch it i feel like i am just as moved and as blown away by Rojankos with Worf as I am with the Picard stuff on Earth. Like that that hits me like a ton of bricks every time. There's just something about the unconditional love that those two adoptive parents feel for Worf and the way that they're kind of skirting around and just dying to talk to him about this thing that they know is killing him. The discommendation. And I, I just I love all of those moments. I think every single one of those scenes are just gold. And then yeah, the Picard stuff is is real heavyweight Patrick Stewart um, you know throwing haymakers over and over and over again for 45 minutes too and even even the Wesley like that feels like an important payoff like continuing on like I, I like when the show doesn't sort of forget important components to the characters backstories like it, it doesn't take it I think it's an easy thing to forget about like with Wesley especially to kind of move away and you know not deal with the fact that this is a young kid who lost his dad at a young age and the fact they even you know wrap that into this is another winner element to that episode for me. So it's 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 a great one on every level, and uh, you know not not the most pleasant of rewatches. It's not like yeah. a, a fun put your feet up on a Friday night and with cold beer and let's have fun kind of a Star Trek episode necessarily, but it's a it's an impactful one and it's an emotional one and it's a great. One. Well, the, the fight in the vineyard's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> in the mud, I rolling around in the mud. Yeah, I love that. I agree. Okay, go ahead, Jen. Oh no, I was gonna say like I agree. I, I like this episode too. I love love Worf's dad. You know, he's all the specs and diagrams that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take the tour of the ship, and he's great, and and it's poignant, and and I love I love Renee Picard so much. This this episode is one of the best endings uh, of uh, any yeah. episode uh, of, just, yeah. of just him under the tree. Uh, yeah. And oh my gosh, let him dream. No. Even, even Robert, who I hate <laughs> so much, you know, has the line, let him, you know, let, let him dream. dream. And it's just, oh, I just adore it. So yeah. uh, that's it's a very, very poignant episode. Yeah. I love it. True. Robert sitting under the tree looking up at the stars is us. That's, oh, that's the yeah, audience. Yes. Like that's people wishing of, Star Trek yeah. was now. Right. Like, that's what we want to be doing. So I, I love it. Yeah. Great call. Uh, to Bill's earlier point, you know, how we were talking about reunion, you finally are starting to get in some light serialization. Yeah. And, but this one is direct. Like I, I like how direct it is. It 
it makes sense to go this route immediately after Best of Both Worlds, you know, actually examining that trauma that, yeah. you know, he's internalizing and not really figuring out the, the best ways to handle it. But, um, yeah, and so I, I'm a big book fan as well, too. And so um, a lot of the post-Nemesis stuff uh, examines uh, Picard's relationship with, with the Borg and, and there are there are references to his family and things and, and whatnot and so yeah i've always loved this episode for that reason too awesome yeah i I'll, I'll be i'll be quick i love this because the how often do we see one of our uh a character that is so strong um or characters that are so strong and then just the next week it's just like business as usual so i'm glad we finally get a reaction to something that is very traumatic and also it's really relatable because i'm sure everyone here can attest this but whenever something bad happens or whenever something good happens what do you usually do usually call your parents call your sister call your brothers you know whatever so i think there's some there's some great relatability to that and taking comfort in family is um something that i see in this in this episode so yeah. yeah, that's such a great point. Such an important point. Yeah. Because this is, this is uh, I mean, for the character of, of Picard, I mean, Best of Both Worlds is one of his defining moments. And giving him time to process it like this is was a, was a really good way to do it. They, there's a great scene in the beginning with, um, he's speaking to Troy, you know, and and she's, she's still kind of concerned, I think, of, of like, okay, well, why'd you pick going back to, to France? You know, like, so you know, just instead of just going somewhere to process, you picked home, like family. That there's a reason you picked that, and yeah. you know, so she she, she kind of knows what's what's up, and 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 just by the end, you know, him him breaking down to his brother, who they have to say the least a complicated relationship. Him, that being the person that he chooses to open up to, and they have yeah. you know, and they have that moment is is just it just makes that that much more. Um, like you said, even just relatable, you know, mm-hmm. let alone just an important moment for that character. So good. That's yeah. a great point. All true. And the last thing I'll say about it real quick before we move on is I think the fact that they do this, that they don't just, like Dan said, just pack it up and move on, yeah. gives added credibility to Picard's dealing with it in first contact. And even in Picard, when he goes back to the Borg Cube in the Impossible Box oh, and yeah. Star Trek Picard, like yeah. that continued trauma is given credibility by family's existence i think if, without that episode i think yeah there's nothing different than what i just watched today with tom paris <laughs> like it's <laughs> evolving or whatever evolving and warp 10 and the next week he's fine like that, all kinds of terrible things happen to people in Star Trek. they forgot the <laughs> lizard babies no parents no thoughts of them again you know <laughs> i would wonder about my lizard babies that's all i'm saying <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have left them behind. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's another <laughs> topic. Oh, another story. Another <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go into round four. What do you got, Jen? All right. I am going to lighten the mood a little bit from family and go in a different direction because I want, I need some, I need some funny, a funny episode on my team here, my roster. And I am, I'm taking our man. <laughs> which is probably my favorite holodeck adventure uh i love i love everything about it i, I love everybody just you know <laughs> 
hamming it up in these <laughs> fabulous characters, these fabulous outfits, fabulous accents, <laughs> ridiculous and fun and you know, and it's Rom saves the day at the end yeah. <laughs> with a spatula and it has everything. It's so cool, yeah. And I love it. I just, I adore it. I adore everything about it. I adore the na- the character names. The re- <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's my it's one of the best holodeck adventures in my opinion put your put yourself in the actor's shoes you get the script <laughs> the next week we're gonna do what <laughs> you know that's just oh my gosh i just couldn't imagine that you get that to be a russian that. spy yeah. <laughs> in the 60s yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know i i love julian Bashir. i i think yeah. you know the first couple of seasons is really hard for um said he found himself and find that character and yeah. you know once you get to this episode it's like yep William Shear I'm good yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I need <laughs> I think yeah and there's some great moments with him and, and Garrick yeah. kind of coming to an understanding with each other too you know with that because he did shoot <laughs> he did. you know <laughs> yeah I mean good I'm sorry Jen. no no I was gonna say we can retcon it that he had that you know he can yes. put the bullet anywhere he wants, but yeah. not at the at this moment. We didn't, you know, that oh, wasn't no. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I I love James Bond, and yeah. I've always enjoyed this episode on those levels. But I feel like having just rewatched it, the thing that this last experience with it gave me was like, I, I feel like something hit me out of nowhere and was like, this episode's actually like really. Uh, well honed at like really looking at who Julian Bashir is, like Caleb was just yeah. saying. I think it's an underrated exploration of that character, and character it's, it's, it's it's a deeper. Yeah. Uh, there's deeper stuff going on there than it's just a James Bond like homage romp. It has all those things, and all those things are great. Everything you said, Jen, is true. Yeah. The Nob Visitor is killing it as, <laughs> as, as that that ridiculous character. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there are lines that make me truly laugh out loud, uh, especially. But they're all great. But, uh, but but the the use of Garrick to put a mirror up for Bashir and make them constantly every step along the way like have these conversations that are like mirrored into his psyche is is what makes it even greater than I kind of for the last twenty years it's been around twenty five years it's been around. Uh, uh, I appreciated it more than this time like last week than I have <laughs> in its existence. It's a, it's a great episode. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> You're up, Caleb. What do you got? All right. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> where it's supposed to get tough. Um, I had kind of a, a, a theme I was going with, um, but now that, that, Jen wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. I think I have no choice but to follow suit and go with Little Green Men. Oh, nice. The comedies are going. Comedies are going. And I knew Bill was going to be upset about that one. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I, one, I can't believe I have gotten around four without picking a DS9 pick. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm glad it's finally here. Um, I just... I, I love Rene Aubergeois a lot, and and I think this is one of those episodes where, even though it's not a, a major, you know, role, it's more focused on you know, uh, Park and and 
and Rom, and it's just like I just love the the little moments that uh, that Odo brings to the table here, and then just the the comedy with them, you know, trying to figure out they're not like signing, but I they're like playing with their earlobes and all. <laughs> yeah. And that I just that makes me laugh every time. It's good comfort food for sure. I love the exchange about the the cigarettes. Like, how do they yeah. get it? They buy it? What do you mean they buy it? <laughs> <laughs> if they're willing to buy that, they'll buy anything. Yeah. It's, it's so it's so. Yeah, Cork good. wants to stay it's, there. Yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna yeah. take over the world. He's, he's, <laughs> like, he's like baseball, root beer. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need to know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, of all the of all the species on Star Trek to. Um, fall under the Area 51. The guys, right? Yeah. I think uh, Frankie is probably the best choice. Yeah. The funniest uh, choice, yeah. Funniest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when so you think good. of, you know, Little Green Men, it, if they had been green instead of orange, I mean, it probably would be close to, to what <laughs> one would imagine, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I, it's so funny. It's a great one. It's definitely great. I think it, it might be my favorite of the Ferengi episodes. Like your mileage may vary with a lot of them. I think uh, yeah. they're, they're hit and miss. I think on most in, by the consensus, at least. Um, but I think that's a a real success with using those three actors, those three characters, the, the Ferengi family. Uh, it's, a, it's a great one. Uh, Dan. This is tough because there's so there's for me I think there's so many good ones still on the board but um yeah <laughs> I'm gonna go with a, an episode that um is not a tough watch but it stuck with me and it made an impact on me um I, there's there's a dozens of other maybe maybe quoted better episodes but I'm gonna go with Hard Time uh, Deep Space Nine episode. Ooh. Okay. Um, it tackles a, a really tough again another Star Trek doing social commentary but um, a, a tough topic about uh, incarceration is is it you know rehabilitating or not and, and it, it really does it in a kind of a big fun not fun but big sci-fi kind of concept where um, O'Brien you know he spends a couple hours uh, on a just a table but it, in, in his mind and his brain and how he feels it's it was been 15 years or whatever um and and him having to kind of assimilate back into his job and his normal it's just it's so big and very heavy um it is not one of those like bill said it's not one of those episodes where i'm gonna i'm gonna pop this in a saturday night enjoy myself get some popcorn no this is like <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough watch but i think it's it's so impactful because it, it just stuck with me so I'm 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 picking it. Yeah, I know this is a really important episode of one of our really best friends, Rob, uh, Trekkie Rob, is you know one of my favorite people on planet Earth, and this is a big important episode for him, and uh, he's not alone. It's a it's a great one. Um, I, I wish there was a kind of similar to what we were just talking about with family and the way that it forces a uh, car to continue to deal with this. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more like follow up to O'Brien dealing with this. Yeah. Um, like woven into, uh, you know, the, the following episodes. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable. It's such a showcase for Kalmini and yeah. uh, such a, such a 
strong science fiction concept. Like I feel it like checks all the boxes. It's got the social commentary and the the real world issue, the the sci-fi twist to it to make it Star Trek, and you know uses its actor as perfectly as you possibly could. And um, I think there's a great that that the, the final scene with him and Bashir is such a great payoff for their friendship and such a big important moment in their kind of journey as friends. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great one. And it's legitimately terrifying yeah, what happened to him, yeah. you know. And it, it's the and the and the, the mood just just permeates throughout the entire episode, you know, of, of the gravity of what happened to him, and mm-hmm. and the scene where he comes home and 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 Keiko is is there, but also Molly, Molly running up to Daddy, who she just saw yesterday in her mind, you yeah. know, um, and 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 just and just thinking about what's what must be going through his head. You know, yeah. this daughter that he thought was now, you know, grown, grown. adult, yeah. you know, and he had given up ever hope of ever seeing her again. And all of a sudden she's this little, you know, eight year old, six, eight year old, wherever old she is, you know, child running up and giving him a hug. And 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 that like like having that moment for for him after this tragedy is it just always that always sticks with me as one of the, the like most truly like like. Te- like terrifying, yeah. <laughs> like, like yes. and and yeah. you can see it all over space. Like he uh, he did su- such a good call meaning. Like you said, I mean he's always, I mean he's a, <laughs> he's a genius actor, you yeah. know. And but in that moment, you see it written yeah. all over his face, and it's just oh, it's so terrible. Great episode. Yeah, I'm definitely due for a rewatch. Um, but I, I just wanted to note, in terms of the the progression of like the different Miles episodes um, <laughs> earlier on <laughs> in the whole seasons, it's like poor guy gets put through the ringer all the yeah. time. I mean, start off with Abel, that's like one of the first, you yeah. know. Then yeah. you go to Visionary, and you know he dies a million times. Yeah. <laughs> Just to watch it. Now this, now you. Why do they have to keep doing that? <laughs> Poor guy. It hurts. <laughs> Poor guy. I love O'Brien. Can't get He's the most important man in Starfleet. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Come on>. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with an Enterprise episode. Uh, one of my all-time favorites uh, that has, again, kind of grown on me with every single one. Dan, I, I love watching Dan anticipate, especially when I'm up. He knows what I'm going to do. Before I even say the episode name, it's Observer Effect. Uh, oh, it is... Um, I, I love it. I think it's... Uh, it might be my favorite Scott Bakula performance. That that scene at the end, talking to the Organians so uh, about empathy, and that's what makes us human. Like That's such a classic like Star Trek captain speech. That I think he, he didn't he didn't get very many opportunities at that pre season four I don't think like those those kind of passionate Kirk esque card esque uh, you know defending humanity defending a choice kind of kind of a moment and in that one I think it, he he really embodies that you know lead character in a Star Trek show uh, archetype um, and it's got great character development for Hoshi who kind of gets lost in the shuffle I think in later seasons. Uh, some great stuff in in the decon chamber with you know talking about her time in the academy and unexpected things and I love that I love that it's unexpected it's not just kind of cookie cutter you know uh, backstory stuff it's n- not something I would have come up with myself uh, with her kind of getting in trouble and getting suspended or expelled I think even 
and Archer bringing her back out of kind of um, out of exile from Starfleet. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really I love the, the concept. I love the, the, the use of the Organians kind of being unexpected. There's some really innovative production stuff with it, with like really subtle choices to be able to differentiate the two Organians as they bounce from actor to actor. Yeah. Like the, the one one of them is always in the taller actor of the two in the scene. Mm-hmm. And one of them is always in the shorter actor of the two. Like really interesting ways because there sometimes there are different combinations of actors like that starts with him and Travis. And then sometimes it's in, you know, like the, 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 it's in endless combinations of people. Um, and not always consistent. So the, the the technical achievement, I think, of an episode that seems so simple on the surface, where there's no guest stars, it's all really on the ship, it's all on standing sets, it's a classic bottle episode, but it really does some innovative stuff with uh, the, the writing and the directing uh, to, to you know keep it moving and make it clear and concise and understandable. And, and it's a classic kind of Star Trek ethical, moral dilemma at its core, too. There's, there's also there's it's a creepy episode like i feel like this could this could be perfect yeah. work with uh kind of a halloween-esque i know there's some other halloween type of trek episodes but um yeah this to me is just, it's really creepy yeah I, I agree creepy and um just going back to to what bill said i, I like the camera work a lot too for it yeah for a bottle episode i think it's probably one of the best better if not best bottle episode um it's. I, I love the acorporealness of the the Organians in this one compared to what we see in. Um, yeah. When do we first see them? Is it Aaron? Aaron of Mercy. Aaron of Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and and just kind of the the argument that that uh, Archer takes in defense of humanity at the end. It's a good one. Gets me every time. Yeah. Yeah, there's some real stakes in this too. You know, somebody always dies. <laughs> he says, yeah. and, you know, and it's ominous. And and one one thing that Enterprise did really well was throwing in those little TOS bones <laughs> every so often. And just the fact that these were the organs, like, what a great what a great idea! What a great way to bring back that species. And I guess this is this happens before Errand of Mercy. Yeah. In the timeline, which yeah. is interesting too, if you think about it that way, about how. Their experience here with Archer, you know, led to, to how they reacted to, uh, you know, the to Kirk and the Klingons. And and it's it's really interesting. And, and it, it is and it is scary, too. Like, it's it's creepy, like you said. Like, that's <laughs> creepy is a good, word, a good mm-hmm. word for the whole just just vibe of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good yeah camera work. Good camera work really sells the like things are lurking yeah. behind the, you know, beyond the right. corner and unseen sort of yeah. things bouncing around and some creepy things happen too like when um i really like when one flox sees it, it's trip and hoshi yeah but they should be passed out because yeah they, you know tranked him up or whatever yeah there's no talking and these aliens are, are and, it, and it's obvious that they're aliens like right away and so yeah. it's like oh so we inhabited these bodies and then we did that you know so so, yeah. so fox and ketchup but but that's creepy to see them yeah. talking like that on the on the camera the way and it's and it's a little just it was a little monitor you know almost old school you know technology yeah. too <laughs> so it's, it's a really interesting scene and you know the way they they film it and everything too that's like that's it's a it's a cool pick thank you <laughs> any other thoughts observer fact out there i don't think so 
Alright, going to round five. Yes. Back to Jen. Alright. Last round of this right. part. Okay, I don't have any Voyager on my roster yet. I'm changing that, and I am picking one of my favorite comfort food episodes, The Killing Game. Which I just, I love everything about this. I love the role-playing, which is fun. The Herogens are, like, this is a creepy, creepy premise. Um, and there, and, and, and it turns, it turns what, what could be a pretty generic kind of villain into something a little bit more interesting, you know, cause hunter villains, like that's, that's kind of a dime a dozen, but, but them taking this crew and this, and the idea of the holiday into this like role-playing, horrible, grotesque, <laughs> you know, violent yeah. <laughs> game is, is, is really fascinating. And I love again. This is another one. I love the costumes. I love that you know the acting, and it, it's just big. It's just every. It's, it's a. It's it's one that I like to turn on. Um, you know, at, for like a comfort food watch. Nice. Um, yeah. So, gotta have it. <laughs> Great call. I, I, I like the killing game a lot. I think the the big production elements are obviously really memorable. Yeah. The use of the cast, giving them interesting, fun, different things yeah. to do. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. You have thoughts, great, Caleb, Dan. Great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great pick. I love the Herogen too. Um, yeah. I, one of the things I think I struggled with with the first couple seasons of Voyager. Uh, yeah, they were just trying to introduce so many species so quickly, <laughs> but Herogen is definitely one that like always stuck with me. Like they, I, I feel like they are up there in terms of of threats um, for our, our Voyager crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you got the Borg, right? Like you, that's that's the big one in Voyager, but they're <laughs> pretty fierce too. And and you're not careful. Um, you can really uh, mess things up a bit. <laughs> yeah, they're imposing. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Caleb? <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> um. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with in a mirror darkly. There's another episode I really wanted to pick as well, but I, you know, get the the points um, with with Enterprises season four that we were talking about with Observer Effect, where it's just a lot of really awesome creative choices with you know cinematography like obviously having like the whole mirror credits and theme was like really cool thing um seeing the gorn again even though <laughs> animated gorn is right we see the tholians doing in mirror darkly yeah 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 oh yeah and i think that's really and that, successful yeah. actually and that was um seeing that that crystalline form of of them is just wild so um and, and I like that it's completely set universe and no ties to, you know, the prime universe. It's just completely, you know, and then and then Emperor Hoshi, of course, it can't go without. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure we all have head headcanon for ourselves that um, <laughs> that Giorgio and Hoshi have some sort of uh, lineage. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my wish yeah. for, for the future is <laughs> to get a more firmly established link there. 
Yeah, I, I love Amir Darkly. I thought one of the, one of the coolest things in Discovery's first season was the just. I just remember being giddy watching. I think it was Despite Yourself. Just the mention of the Defiant being there and discovering that, and like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> so cool uh, and so unexpected. I just, I, I, I really like it. I think it's the the challenge within Amir Darkly for me has always been like there was such little precious time left to the, the divergence away from our characters, but. I think the reason it works and the reason I think it's it's actually really successful and is important is it, it gives historical context to a character like Archer. I think the, the, the fact that Mirror Archer is so haunted by the knowledge of what our Archer becomes, uh, it gives it that added weight and makes it like a, a, a useful diversion and, and, and something that does add something to the overall uh, dynamic of Enterprise. Um, and I think I think it, it unlike Deep Space Nine sometimes did I think it found the right balance of camp and ridiculousness with the Mirror Universe stuff while still kind of having its own kind of tra- I think Deep Space Nine went off course a, a couple of times especially on the back end uh, with with its tone on on the the Mirror Universe stuff right I think this is kind of hits perfect for for my money. Yeah, this is this is just this is just pure fun. Like fun. for, for yeah. me, like, it's just such a fun adventure into the mirror universe. This is between, I, I was thinking this and the killing game for if, if for the same you know two parter. That's just like just fun to watch, like a fun adventure. Um, I, I I love gosh mirror mirror archer in the in the green wraparound. Yeah, that's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> just classic. <laughs> uh, you know, again, again, like the costumes are great. The, the you're right. Wow. It's just it's just the right amount of overacting and and, and camp, but but not taking it too far. You know, mirror flocks is legit terrifying. Um, it's just it's just pure fun. I love it. I love that it. Uh, they didn't try to find like some way you know that like our prime crew in yeah like like was, I like the way they did that they're just like you know what this might be our last chance let's let's have a you know mirror episode of our <laughs> of our crew and it's great and I love and I actually love Emperor uh, B2 I like I feel like I, I, I need to go it's, it's I feel like I need to write an essay on this because I, I think some some people don't like her like I, I like kind of like she slept her way to the top kind of like what does that say but i think of her as justice for mirror marlena who's one <laughs> of my all-time favorite characters from mirror mirror mm-hmm. and and i and i think i think making the captain's woman because you know take over i i think by that i think they i think what they were trying to do what was give justice to that character who was more than capable of doing the same thing yeah and so i so when so when i see empress hoshi you know whatever she whatever title she gives herself i'm like yes (laughs) yes you are (laughs) and it's it's satisfying to me and it's fun and i and i like it i like it a lot so great pick (laughs) very cool All right. What do you got, Dan? Uh, for my fifth and final of uh, this episode, I'm going to go with... I'm surprised this kind of slid. Um, I'm going to go with Starship Down. I know... Oh, good pick. I know we've been kind of jump Like, uh, a lot of us have been... Our Deep Space Nine gets a lot of... <laughs> gets talked about a lot. But uh, I just think that... Um, 
again, this episode feels like the cast has everything to do. I think it's really big for Kira and Cisco in their relationship. I love that. I love the the submarine elements of it. Um, trying to fix a damaged ship. I think that's so star trek to me trying to make something work um and then the stuff with Worf and o'brien again everyone every element of this episode um is is just awesome i don't find if i'm if i'm watching the the Worf and o'brien stuff i don't wish i was back with um uh, another piece of the cast i don't wish i was with um negotiating with a bomb inside the um, <laughs> inside the hole um, with that alien and quark uh, I, I just it's just really good for my money so yeah yeah I think it's really good use of the DS9 cast and uh, really strong action adventure story um, but like I agree yeah. I love the submarine kind of vibes yeah. as well yeah what do you guys think yeah, a claustrophobic submarine feel. Which yeah. I, yeah, I love that too. And it, it's it's infinitely rewatchable to me. It just it's a really good episode. It's a great pick. Yeah. I'm I'm rusty on this one, so I'm I'm definitely due for a rewatch. Add it to your list, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your market. It's a good one for sure. Don't start on it. Um, I am going to go with uh, not that's, the one. That's my guess. Yeah, that was my guess. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with TNG's First Contact. I Ooh, think that okay. is a brilliant episode of Star Trek because of its unique perspective. Uh, the, the, the look at the First Contact experience from the, the, the side of the alien society that may or may not be ready for it uh and the 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 messiness of that prospect um the not everybody's on the same page uh on that on that planet um some people are ready for it some people can't wait to get on the enterprise and get out there and join starfleet and i think the way that a lot of us would react if such an opportunity presented itself uh but uh there are others who are just so not there uh and that i i love all of the guest characters in that episode i think all three of the sort of primary uh aliens um are are real winners uh, because of how distinctive their voices are and their perspectives are and uh the, the positions that the episode puts them into um I, i've always loved it i think picard's got some great scenes uh with uh with with two of those characters uh, kind of spurs throughout the episode um, so it's always been one that I've loved and I continue to and it grows on me every time and there's always time for Riker shenanigans yes BB yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Earth is, is on fire here <laughs> this is hilarious yeah. this whole thing with yeah. her and Riker um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's hilarious I love it yeah, I love her so much, and I lo- I love the character. Is her name Mar- Marissa? Marissa, yeah. Yeah, I love I love her character. I mean, she's she's one of my my favorite one offs, and I'm just so happy that she got to she got her wildest dream, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, uh, she has yep, to yep. say, and Picard's like, "Yep, absolutely," <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and that's where she belongs. And I I really yeah. really wish that we would have gotten a follow up uh, on on her I adventures. Know. You know. As the only person in her, in her, on, from her planet to 
you know, be able to experience all this stuff. And and she's great. And and that's yeah, it's a great episode. I think that's really the mark of a of a real great one off character is when you really yeah. do wish there was a follow up. Right. I think there's so many of them over the course of these 800 episodes that come and go, and a lot of the time you kind of care less what happens to them when the episode ends. That's one that you know really there's a lot of potential for for continued storytelling with with her. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this outing uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up real quick and we're gonna come back and record more uh round six through ten and wrap this up for a part two uh we're gonna have this be sort of like an nfl draft kind of a situation where there's a night one and a night two or day one day two uh so uh stay tuned for more uh of 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 this as we kind of get into the real nitty-gritty of uh i think a lot of the classics are off the board so it's going to be interesting to see where everybody goes with what's left yeah um i think this is where we really kind of reveal our tastes and what episodes yeah. really you know shall we do it quick recap of our our five picks yeah let's do that i think that's a good idea uh jen what are your five first and then we'll kind of go right down the line um in order of selection okay so far i have the way of the warrior the visitor demons and terror prime the killing game oh i skipped i didn't do it in order that's okay. That's okay. Year. <laughs> All good. I didn't write it down in order. I'm just like, I've got my board going. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got Year of Hell, um, The Forge, Awakening, and Kershara. I've got Reunion, Little Green Men, and Intermere Darkly. A lot of two-parters. Yeah. <laughs> Three parters. Got lots of track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So for me, I started with uh, The Best of Both Worlds. Stole that from Bill. Um, next, I think I believe I kept it in TNG and went the drumhead. After that, I switched to Deep Space Nine. Strictly. I <laughs> uh, went uh, Homefront and Paradise Lost. Grabbed a, a two-episode kind of two-parter, but not really um, in the title, so to speak. Um, and then I went Hard Time for my fourth-round pick. And then for my last pick uh, fifth round to close out this episode i went starship down so and for me i went heavy voyager to start i went with scorpion uh first and then living witness and then i went over to tng and took family uh over to enterprise for observer effect in the fourth round and back to tng with first contact the episode not the movie uh in the fifth round nice So that'll do it for this episode of Trek Live. We will be back with more of the Season 4 episode Fantasy Draft with Jen and Caleb. And uh, we'll see you then. Yep. Uh, you guys know the drill. The discussion doesn't have to stop here. Thank uh, you, get the, the guest host, for coming in um, and picking these. Um, and yeah, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to um, Twitter, Discord. Um, let us know your first uh, first five round picks. Um, we'll back for more. Yeah, traffic. we should probably go through with our Twitter handles. Real quick. Yeah, let's yeah. do that actually, real yeah. real quick. How, yeah. Jen, how would we find you? Um, there's a variety of ways that people can find you <laughs> I'm on Twitter that's the best way to find me I'm at Quarks on Twitter and I also have a podcast uh, that's called Snaptrack and you can find um, us on Twitter at Snaptrack and wherever you podcast 
highly recommend it. Snap Thank you. The best. <laughs> Thanks. Love Ross. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's got away with words, that man. <laughs> uh, what about you, Caleb? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter as well uh, at Rogue Moog, R G U E M O G H. Cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. We will be right back yeah. with more. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.